0: New York, New York, big city,
1: your dreams. A couple straight out, out. New York, New
0: York, big city, your dreams. M-M-M-M-M-M-Y-C. What's going on? It's J. Ellis from Nick and Tom's show. Here, give you that Knicks talk just in the nick of time, and it's time to talk about something that's a little bit long overdue. But we, but we you know, we do things on our own time here on the Nick of Time show. So let's get ready to talk about it. You already seen these Knicks rookies a little bit in action um, in the summer league games, but we brought our draft analyst expert here with us. On Nick and Tom's show to really get into the down and the dirty and the nitty gritty of these draft prospects. Um, so let's get into it, man. But before, I, first and foremost, let me introduce a familiar face. It is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts.
1: Ryan G in the building.
0: Damn right, he's in this building. All right, and of course, you know if you if you've been following the maturation of the KOT show, you've probably seen this man last season during the off season he broke down many of a player for us um and listen i was trying to get him earlier but you know he, he got big time you know he, i was like yo jake come on come on do the the breakdown he's like i have contractual obligations i can't do it now but now he's back he's back in the gutter with us went back to the roots All right writer from the Stephian. it is my man jake in the paint what's going on jake <laughs>
2: I'm doing great. I appreciate you guys for having me. Um, I told you off the air how much it killed me to to, to say we had to push this off, but we're here now. Um, happy to talk Nick Draft. Happy to talk Nick's draft and prospects. I think it's also a little bit cool that people have seen them uh, play like one or two summer games at this point. Yeah, because I know um, a lot of people weren't necessarily. I mean, maybe Grimes and Deuce a little bit both played on national TV towards the end of the year, but maybe not as familiar with their games. Uh, so maybe after they got to see him in the Knicks jersey, especially uh, two times now, maybe they'll be a little bit more interested.
0: Yeah, definitely be a little bit more interested right now. And, and, and it'll be interesting to see, like, what were your thoughts, you know, of those guys here and, like, the little bit that you see saw them win the summer league and, and mm-hmm. how do you think they would fit with the Knicks moving forward, all right? So first up, um, you already know the Knicks – they tried their best to trade up. Um, we, we were gunning for Darte. We were gunning for Darte. And um, the summer league games happened today. And we saw kind of why they were gunning for Darte. Darte. <laughs> Duarte is a nice little piece, man. He, he hits threes. He doesn't really make a lot of mistakes. Um, but, you know, we we couldn't trade up. We couldn't trade our, our 19th and 21st pick up to get him. So we ended up getting another guy who seems like he's, he's, he's a guy who's a down in the dirty. He seems like a guy who's who's a, a Tom Thibodeau guy. He plays defense. He's a shooting guard. He shoots threes. And I'm talking about Quentin Grimes. Um, pick Quentin Grimes at number 25. He's had an unusual path um, to his career so far. Um, but we, let's we'll we'll ask Jake on... His career path, and what do you think about his game in, in general, Drake, at least on the, on the offensive side?
2: Um, I mean, so Quentin Grimes, I mean, we can also preface this. Like, I was not um a big fan of trading up. Uh, I would have personally w- wanted to keep 19 and 21. Um, I, I didn't really find – I mean, Duarte is clearly a good basketball player. Uh, he's also 24 years old. So right. he's a lot older than the guys in Summer League has had experience under his belt, so that's worth noting. Um, but He might have a slight edge in this setting. But I, I was team keep the picks and make as many picks as possible and, and hope one of them hits. Um, Quinn Grimes is a really funny story because he's someone that I, I liked a lot if, in McDonald's week when I saw him. Um, I liked him with Team USA and the FIBA U-19s he played in uh, mm-hmm. before his freshman year at Kansas. Started off, um, I always tweet about him as Champions Classic legend Quinn Grimes. Uh, first, game, <laughs> first real game of his college career with Kansas. Uh, He was on a heater. I think he had like five or six threes. Um, But if you kind of look back at the tape, it it shows a little bit of his shortcomings. I think most of them, I haven't watched that game or even the highlights in a minute now, but a lot of them were catch and shoot threes, not really any self-generated offense. Um, And so he kind of leveled out as, I mean, he came into that year with like hype as a top 10 pick um, as a freshman. So, I mean, completely just didn't pin as a prospect that year. Ended up transferring to Houston, um, where I kind of forgot about him a little bit. And then people I was talking to were like, "Hey, we should probably go circle back and check on him. Like he's having a really good year. He's shooting the ball while He's playing good D under Calvin Sampson. I uh, kind of just doing, you know, NBA role player things. Um, I I was impressed when I do him. I, I think I think he's like a good and legit shooter. Um, and I've kind of always thought that to a certain extent. I know there are some people out there that disagree with that and have some skepticism. Interesting. Um,
0: I, I'm, why why is skepticism at at this point? Uh, it seems like it seems um, like the movement three started to come in his yeah. second stint. So I thought people yeah. might.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can't. Bit. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I can't really speak for like those people that are like super skeptical, and maybe they've even come around since the last time t- I've spoken to them. I personally buy it, um, but I will say that like, he's gonna have to shoot at a very high level, uh, not just catching Shoot. He's gonna have to shoot with movement. He's gonna have to shoot off and downs, relocations, all that because I don't really trust his game off the bounce. And I think uh, I feel like I saw a tweet from someone uh in like nick's twitter today that kind of noted how little he's generated off the bounce and we talked off the air about how there's not really much stock to put in the summer league um i had a tweet about how it's kind of a confirmation bias enhancer so right i'm confirming my conf- confirming my biases right now um but I, I just think that was something pretty firm my evaluation why i I was kind of meh with the Knicks pick at him. I understand, and I understand he's a Tim's guy. Interesting. Um, going from Calvin Sampson to Tom Thibodeau is probably as seamless as a transition as you can go from college to pro mm-hmm. in terms of head coaching yeah. styles yes. and, <laughs> and, and things and things that they prioritize and style basketball and all that. Um, so I definitely think, you know, I, I get why the front office would be in on him from that standpoint. I personally had him ranked in the low thirties, so not a bad. And, and look, talking to people, you're always, you're always going to prefer someone else on the board. Right? Um, rarely are they going to pick the guy you had the highest. So it's more about evaluating the process, and I think that's something I want to get into with you guys. I wasn't necessarily turned off at all by the Knicks' draft process. I think people will see throughout um, throughout the season and as the years progress. Like the Knicks drafted good players. I'm like relatively confident that Quentin Grimes is. An NBA player of some caliber. I absolutely love Deuce McBride. Um, that was my yeah, favorite. Yeah, McBride. Ooh, some of these, yeah. yeah. I think McBride. I, mean, had, I, had, was, I, had, was I had I had like a low twenties grade on McBride. So to get him in the late thirties, I think we've gotten, which was a home run to me. Um, absolutely love that. Talk about a Tom Thibodeau guy. Um, yeah, for sure. They don't they don't make him more Tom Thibodeau than Deuce McBride. Um, and I, and I think he can provide some value with the, with the defense and the movement, shooting the pull ups. Um but back to grounds for a second. Like I, I just think um and I've I've as anyone who's followed me and I, I don't know if did I talk about um any guys on this cycle yet with you guys, like Sheree Cooper at all? No, yeah, I haven't really talked about okay. mm-hmm. Um so Sheree Cooper, I was very, very high on him. Um unfortunately to see him fall, fall all the way to forty eight, I think it was forty
0: eight yeah, it was forty eight
2: backing <laughs> up. Is pretty right crazy, home, easy, man. Which is like pretty like insane. <laughs> um but yeah, I personally really, really like sheree Cooper. Um, had a very high grade on him and I thought he was about as perfect of a fit for the Knicks in terms of what the Knicks needed um, in terms at the draft obviously things are very very different now than they were during the draft with Kemba Walker who I mean yeah Again, like as someone who didn't really love the Knicks trade and say, I thought Dinwiddie was like an all in. I thought we should have gone all in on Dinwiddie. Like, I'd have loved to see us like, put out something there for Monzo, but um, Dinwiddie? Really...
0: Dinwiddie wouldn't even like us, man. Like,
2: I'd be shocked we needed... if Dinwiddie
0: came to, to, to the
2: York. <laughs> we need We needed that skill set. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, the Kemba Walker deal is uh, probably my favorite move the Knicks have uh, the Knicks front office has done in like, as far as i can remember as a fan um just an, an incredible recognition of just like cap rules that they could play with um that just we needed a point guard We need someone to create off the bounce kim walker does that i understand that he's not 2016 Kim walker but at the price we're getting him it's there's basically zero risk in it not um, if it works it, if, it, if it's war, if it works out it's awesome and if not uh, you can kind of wash your hands and you didn't really waste that much money and you weren't spending on anyone else anyways. Um, so I, I think that was a really good play from the Knicks. However, I, I mean, I still would have liked to see them be a lot more aggressive in the draft. Um, the consistency, like trading back and trading out of those picks, uh, the Charlotte trade, like I did not really understand it because, you look at those pick protections; it, you're basically guaranteed to get that same. It was 19 we gave Sean, which ended up being Kai Jones, which right. I didn't love for the Knicks, but that doesn't mean that you couldn't have gone a plethora of other guys at that spot who I did like on the board. Um, so, just I just thought they were pretty risk averse, and again, like they drafted good basketball players. It's not a, it's not that they whiffed on these picks, and who am I to say I could be completely wrong? This is just based off my evaluation. It, um, yeah, no, but go, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, gotta, I, got a, I got a few. I got
0: a few things to say. First, yeah, first, yeah, yeah. first um, I already talked about why I agreed with trading back because because um, I, I already know about the Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau likes to play the, the veterans. He's not going to be playing rookies. And even if you look at the, the depth chart right now, um, you're looking at Grimes coming in. You, it's really hard to. It's like Grimes seems like he'll get playing time if an injury comes about. Not necessarily, you know, right off, right off the bat, off the bench, going to be like the shooting guards. Um, year one really so to add another rookie there um i think it would make things a little bit more complicated and kind of dev- devalue our pick a little bit because they won't be getting playing time so i, I figure I-, I think that's a big reason um also when it comes to grimes and his ball handling i definitely was seeing a scouting report about his ball handling and how he couldn't go left and I was working today, but I was also working and like looking at the game and trying not to get in, you know, and trying to like finish my work (laughs) so I wouldn't be in trouble. (laughs) And I did notice, and I did notice that I think there's a scouting report out on Grimes that he can't go left, and I, I I feel like I noticed them pushing him left in today's game, and he still tried to cross over right and drew himself into trouble, and. It seems like he, that's a big obstacle. Op- that might be a big obstacle for Grimes moving forward. Just tighten up that handle to, and yeah. uh, to get these shots off. Man, would you agree? No, you, I
2: mean you hit you hit the nail on the head. Like I, I don't. I mean I didn't have it in my particular notes that he was heavy going right or they him left. But I mean a, absolutely a point of emphasis from him is that he doesn't have much juice off the bounce. Um, that is, and I, I just I don't I don't mind him. He was a guy where like you can only be so low because there's a good chance that that skill set and that size and that frame that he figures something out and he sticks somewhere. And I, I would have think I would have thought he was a home run pick for someone who was a contender, but I'm just looking to add another guy, um, right? Because I think you you look at playoff basketball and I'm, I mean, f- from a philosophical standpoint, I tend to prefer wings and then shooting guards who can really attack off the bounce and run a second side action, all those good things. But um, again, when you get to like your eighth and ninth and 10th guys, just showing up depth on a contending team, who just, hey, we're going to need a guy who can guard two to three positions, right. knock down three, space the floor for us. Like, that's Quinn Grant. Um, I'm right. like fairly confident that he has that translatable skill set, but there's just not much upside there. A- and I thought the Knicks, my kind of issues stem from. I had, it seems like I had a different view of the Knicks' future and the current roster than some other Knicks fans, and maybe even the front office. And again, I don't want to come over and say, like, I'm right, you're wrong. Um, this is just my personal view based on how we look towards the end of the season and the current roster construction. Um, I, I thought the Knicks were in a, a position to take a swing on someone. Um, that's someone probably being Shreve Cooper, um, just based on the lack of creation uh, off the bounce and point guard play that we had. And now all of a sudden, like, we have Kemba Walker. Yeah. And I know people want to, so like, <laughs> like, I kind of sound stupid here because people in the front office would be like, you idiot, you don't know what you're talking about. We're going to get <laughs> Kemba Walker the entire time. And to that, I say, yeah. you know better than me and that's why you have the job and I don't. Um I'm just speaking from from a draft perspective, I thought the picks were a little too risk averse for me, um, considering who was on the board. And look, I, I mean, I got a little bit lower on keon johnson but that's a swing um i'm not sure that's some swing i would have loved but again it just kind of shows where your process is and i I, the knicks were a little bit too content for me on draft night um with the trading back the the taking deuce and, and grimes who are probably good nba players but don't offer much upside they don't directly address your needs and i think this is where i differ from some knicks fans and I will kind of push back on this point a little bit more. I don't think the Knicks just need shooting um, because you it doesn't matter if you can hit catch-and-shoot open shots or you can hit catch-and-shoot shots if you can't generate them in the first place. Yeah. So I, I think a lot of Knicks fans were saying, we need shooting, we need shooting, we need shooting. Trey Murphy. Um, of course, Trey Murphy. <laughs> yeah, yo, he goes <laughs> right know, before us. Yeah, uh, and, and this I is know.
0: why another reason why I was like, okay, 19 pick is gone, Trey Murphy is gone fine because that was on my yeah. that was on my board he and, was on my board like for sure and like <laughs> you
2: know if you if you're at 19 and you get Trey Murphy that's fine but I mean the buzz that the Knicks need to trade up and get Trey Murphy like Trey Murphy is good he's a very good catch and shoot shooter as you showed today and he's good size he's a good athlete and he plays good defense oh, great he's gonna be an NBA player for someone but his offensive arsenal was kind of pitched as this like this is what the Knicks need when in reality it's like Trey Murphy can't hit the weakest point of his game right now is self-creation and attacking closeouts that like he gets run off the line. And so he while he is very reliable from catch and shoot, like the Knicks still don't really have like to me, the Knicks' problem was that I don't think the Knicks shot themselves out of playoffs. I think the Knicks like lacked so much actual creation that their offense was just so completely shut down that they had nowhere else to go like you look at this isn't a houston rocket situation where the knicks generate all these wide open threes and they miss 27 in a row um the knicks couldn't generate an open shot right so right. that's that's mm-hmm. where i kind of differed from uh, a lot of the people i saw in the timeline i don't want to group like all knicks twitter dumb like there are a ton of smart people on there that I engage with all the time but i just think sometimes people get caught up in just these general skills the knicks need shooting yeah need yeah of course mm-hmm. when it, you got to look at how these things come together
0: yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree with you. You know what? I did see. I, 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 hold on, Ryan. I think you wanted to say something. Cause I know you've been quiet for a second. Um, yeah, I, I not, did. Oh, God. Right. I, I did see something that said that. Mc, <laughs> I'm sorry, Brian. I did see something that said that. Um, m- well, maybe it's not like a I, that McBride and Grimes were like pretty high on off off the dribble shooting. Now, it doesn't mean that they like they're doing like combo moves and they're shooting off the dribble, but maybe like one or two dribble pull up type of moves is probably what Grimes is doing. So, I mean, yeah. I think maybe that's what the Knicks were thinking in drafting him. Uh not that that may and that is not just catch and shoot, but he can do a little bit of s- slight c- shot creation even though that's still going to be like a, may, might be a struggle for him moving forward. That's what I'm thinking anyway.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I'm um, just I just wanted to add this right quick because I think Jake made a pretty great point about the Knicks needing shot creation. Because remember, like we were, we were talking about it too. Like after the series against the Hawks, we were talking about what the Knicks really need, and I could and I'm pretty sure we both mentioned like yep. Knicks need somebody to create shots on offense because the offense is stagnant. Yep. And then again, you know, even after the draft, like you know, we agreed that it was a pretty good draft drafting Grimes, McBride, etc. But I'm pretty sure we also said that, you know, like what the Knicks need, like we still need somebody to create shots. Yeah. So it's like so it's like, yeah, we were satisfied with the draft, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like if we don't have anybody to like create open shots for these players, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be pointless drafting these guys. But you know, you know, like um Jake said, like we were able to get Kemba Walker, which helps which is gonna definitely help on offense uh, from the from the point guard position. But so it makes the Grimes and the McBride pick, you know, look better than, you know, Maybe it originally looked to, you know, people that thought that the Knicks needed to draft somebody from the draft who was, you know, a point guard who could, you know, create shots for other players and this and that.
0: Yeah, yeah I just I just know from the, from the rip that the front office and Tom Thibodeau in particular, they trust veterans up front more than they trust rookies. Which yeah. is why I think they kind of didn't lean into the super upside down the road. Type of deal, but kind of was going into the immediate, the immediate role player guy because they they planned on going after veterans, who's going to take on the heavy lifting, and and then invest in guys like quickly and 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 whoever else. I mean, I think McBride has a shot to do something down the line, to to kind of develop and become shot creators or something down the line. I don't I don't think they was going to. Enru- I'm not sure if they was really going to entrust a rookie with that first year mm-hmm. and which is why I think they was going after Dwarf in the first place. You know, <laughs> like, yeah.
2: Was like, no, no, 100%. That's, and and you guys, like, that's kind of what I was getting at. And what I would, what I will say is the next draft look makes a lot more sense. And, and it's a lot easier for me to digest and comprehend after free agency. Um, right. It, the, the draft kind of, but if you're doing the draft in a vacuum, which, has its pros and cons and probably is unfair to the front office considering it's an offseason. Right. It's yeah. not just the NBA draft, and especially when these two things were so close together. It's it, like, But I will say is it, I completely agree with you guys, and it does seem clear that the Knicks are, are pretty hell-bent on trusting their veterans and, and investing in the rookies that they already did draft, which, again, you can't say they're wrong mm-hmm. for doing, but there's also a balance in... You know, maintaining your competitiveness, but also being realistic about your standing in the rest of the league, and especially the East. I don't know where you guys stand on this particular team. I think they're probably going to finish anywhere from six to ten. Um, like there's a wide range of outcomes. The teams I have off the top of my head that are probably that I think are probably safe bets to finish out of us. I can go with Brooklyn. I can go with Milwaukee. I can go with Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna say Philly because they have some of the best players in the league in Joel Embiid, and they're probably going to get something if they trade Ben Simmons. Again, you never know what happens with Atlanta, but like those are four teams, um, and then you have the Atlantas, the Boston's, the Toronto's. What we don't know, what Chicago looked like. Uh, it, like the East is really, really good, and while I do think the Knicks probably improved a little bit last year from last year, I don't, I don't necessarily think like they're all, they're all the, the sudden like Eastern Conference contenders, which is completely fine, by the way. Like that is okay. Um, I'm not here to rush the timeline. If God has anyone follow me the opposite i'm trying to do is rush timeline i've been praying for a slow nicks rebuild for my entire life and like (laughs) we're kind of getting there so i feel a little bit hypocritical knocking them but i just my main takeaway from the draft and again i cover the draft um i don't cover the nba as much as i would like to but you'll leave so much time so like what i know is the draft and i know who else was on the board right and what i can say is just there were other upside gambles to me at least um Jaden Springer is another one who went 28th to Philadelphia. Um, like Jaden Springer, someone I wrote about on the Stepien. Uh, it's a little bit complicated as a prospect. Like, is he a shooting guard? Is he a point guard? Is he a combo? Is he just a small wing? But what you get with Jaden Springer is like you get a lockdown defender. So you get that defense that you that we're talking about. He's super young. He was the youngest American player in the class. So there's a little bit of upside there. And from like a skill standpoint. Um, the shot is a work in progress. I think it's coming, it's coming along. But like, he is a like really strong slashing combo who has like an interesting upside as like a combo creator. And like, right. I would have just liked to see something there as like a gamble because we're being realistic here. Like, you guys were talking about this. Um, it, it's probably unrealistic that both Grimes and Deuce are gonna get like real yeah. minutes. Nah, um, yeah, uh, it's probably unrealistic, right? He is definitely so, unrealistic. If if we're being real like realistic about the depth chart and the minutes and the distribution and we're trying to get to the highest CDs possible, then we're probably also acknowledging that these players that we scooped up from 25 to 40 are probably gonna be playing spot minutes, filling in for injured guys, maybe right. coming yeah, off the bench. Exactly. So so then my counterpoint would be, hey, if these guys are probably only there to share up the back of your rotation, why are we being so focused on win now guys? Why don't we just get the get like let's take a gamble? Um and throw them in the g League for some reps, get them. And and again, if they're going to be playing these same minutes, I just think it's a little bit more important to value the long-term While also saying, like, hey, look, if you're like the Warriors, the Warriors are 7-14, and, like, if they took Duarte at, like, and again, I think they probably wanted to take Duarte at 14. Right, right. um, Like, I would have understood that because they're in a position to, like, genuinely win now. They have Stephen Curry. They owe it to Stephen Curry um, to win now. And but the Knicks, like we can both agree that between the guys we signed up for agency, the the young prospects we already have, the guys we're going to bring back anyways, like this is a pretty crowded roster already with a lot of continuity. So that's that would be my point: is that if these guys are only Mm going to play, be on the outside of rotation, and they're only there to share minutes when they're asked to, and they're not necessarily going to be relied on, then why are we valuing the win now and safe skill set and just go for the go for the swing? I have a
0: theory on that too. I definitely have a theory on that too. I don't, I don't know if you want to say anything, Ryan, because before I get into my theory.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, the way Jake broke it down, like it, it made me get a new perspective. Like, I think I agree with Jake, because even though I did like the Grimes and McBride pick, it's like, OK, if we're going to have a crowded roster and these young guys aren't going to get much minutes anyway. Yeah. Why not swing for the defenses and see if we could, you know, get somebody who might potentially, you know, be a like a. You know, a greater play in the future that like got high upside that could potentially help the Knicks. You know, put put them over the top within like the next two to three seasons. Like, right. like I, I understand Jake's point of view. Like, it maybe get a new perspective. Like, you know, like I get it. Like, maybe the Knicks should have taken that path. Maybe. Yeah,
2: right. and, and I'm, I do. I just do want to say, like, I really, really do love the Deuce Pick. Like, I, I think yeah, I had him I, him mean, at I love the Deuce Pick first. too,
0: man. He's like, tw- I
2: think I had him at like twenty first on my board, or like twentieth, something around there, and we got him. I basically double that yeah um, like, that's a home run like that, that really is a home run like sh- like sheree cooper being on the board aside passing one and three times aside like if he is what i think he could be like we're never gonna live that down but again like it's over now so what do you, you have no reason to get hung up on that like deuce at 38 was a great great pick um i absolutely love it i think his skill set's gonna be valuable um I, i'm Knicks fans are already talking about his deep like the defense. yeah He's crazy off the ball with with some ridiculous instincts and just team defense rotations, um, super lateral hips, quick feet, quick hands. And then the offense, um, coming along as a passer, um, he's got a ways to go there. Um, Not really your true point guard, but the shot creation is real. I mean, I know, um, Janice, you mentioned at the beginning, him off the bounce is real deal. Um, He has shot creation. Uh, West Virginia was not exactly the most aesthetically pleasing offense, and if you turn on that film, it's basically just dudes uh, gunning up like mid-range and three-point pull-ups yeah yeah <laughs> wasn't he sharing so, point
0: guard minutes over there too so I I, 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 um
2: towards the end of the year i mean like they played with a bunch of like it was really just like they played a bunch of guards but like it was like but it was mainly just like wings it was like some wings and some mobo bigs and like it was just no one that you could really rely on to create and generate offense other of than deuce so well, he was probably a little bit overtasked like I think from a developmental standpoint it actually ended up being good for him uh he got a little bit more comfortable making reads as the season went on but the main appeal with him is shooting and defense like that's a dude where if he's 6'5 instead of 6'2 uh, right he's, he's, yeah, he's incredibly he's, he's more right va- yeah. yeah like that's just like a very very valuable player there the play the guy can play that defense and have that game off the bounce while space the floor, but he is only 6'2". Um, so you're going to have to play him alongside another guard, which again, like I, I really, really, this is coming from someone who loves Deuce. Like I really, really like Deuce pride He is in no way, shape or form ready to handle the load of an NBA offense anytime soon. Right. Um, so we're going to have to play him with another guard anyways. Right, so right. Um, he, he's a little bit of the same with Quickly to me. I, I don't think Quickly is necessarily ready to, so point guard. Hold on one second. Hold on but one go, second. Uh, go ahead. Go Hold ahead. Hold on, on ahead,
0: one boy. second. I'm because I'm because quickly quickly showed out today. I don't know if you saw quickly had thirty what 32, no yeah thirty two yeah. points eight assists today and he was point, yes. he was point guard point guard today boy that boy <laughs> that boy was, was, was <laughs> passing passing but, but so there might be some hope for for quickly as a point guard as we were talking about yesterday Ryan but I'm I'm gonna circle back to something earlier that you said about um. About um one where you think our team lies? Like yes, okay. So last season we were fourth in the East. All right, so we were fourth in the East, and we had Alfred Payton, who was the worst point (laughs) guard in the NBA, probably statistically. Oh man! Um, Oh my god! And we had Reggie Bullock. So, right, and we had Reggie Bullock, who was really good for us. I was going to say it
2: was really. Like, he was did, really I, good. The way for you us. said it, you were grouping him with Elf, I was the, was say. Yeah, no <laughs>
0: disrespect to Reggie, because I, I, I didn't Reggie mean. I, I didn't mean. I didn't mean for that to to, to come off like he was trash, Um because he was very valuable for us. But even though Knicks Knicks fans didn't really get his value to the second half and se- to the season, and to be fair, he yeah. he played better in the second half of the season too. So. Yeah, he did. <laughs> so, but um, I guess what I have to say is is this. We replaced those two guys with um, Kimball Walker starting mm-hmm. from El Payton, which is a wild card. Like, you know, depending on health. Yeah. Um, that can be a home run, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that propels us to some other crazy level or, you know, some weird in-between range where he's healthy, but he still gives us 18 points a game. Yeah. Or it could be like the start of his decline and, you know, which is, you know, I, it it could be interesting, but then I guess you, uh, you'll get to see IQ next to, to Randall or Derek Rowe next to Randall. All right, so so I guess my point is, as far as where we rank with these other Eastern Conference teams, um, I know these other Eastern Conference teams got better, but I, but I don't know exactly where we're yet. It can go either way, like between Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, who can both create their own shot and and shoot threes. Like Kemba is one of those guys who's like one of the best isolation players when healthy and can run you off of screens rampant, and Evan Fournier can hit threes in regularity and create off the bounce. Um, like, I don't, like, I don't, I'm not sure. Like, I'm not I'm not saying that we're going to be top four, but I still feel like we can be somewhere between s- seven, I think between four and seven, I say.
2: Yeah. I mean, so I think, I mean, the only ones I'm really confident, in, I just got books, well, I keep forgetting about these teams. Um, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Miami, uh, and Philly are like a clear, tier to me um those four and, but then you have atlanta toronto chicago um who knows what indiana is going to be boston like i think it, you could fit, tell me if you could tell me we finished fifth um and the highest of those teams like it would be an overachievement to me but like it's not out of the realm of possibilities by any means i don't right. want to come on here and like act like i'm being a debbie downer about the season like we absolutely got better um my only worry is like i think Um, I'm just going to put this on the record because I've been saying this off air to a bunch of Knicks fans. Um, I'm a little bit worried about Julius Randle this year. Um, He was incredible last year, deserving of all NBA honors. Um, I have no issues with the deal that we signed him. He earned it. um, And I think it's a good number for going forward for both him and the team. Um, I think it was most highlighted in the playoffs how difficult all his shot attempts are. Um, just incredibly difficult, and just if you look at all the other guys around the league, you know the true superstar offensive engines. and I don't think I don't think there's anyone out there who who still believes that Randall is like the guy on a playoff team that's going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't want to act like oh these these people out there because I really don't think I think the Knicks all the Knicks fan base for the most part is relatively in lockstep on this that we're going to need another guy long term, but Randall may has made like a historical. Uh, jump as a shooter um I, i've watched i mean i've seen some of his college tape and he was a non-shooter right um, non-shooter from three not pretty much a non shooter off the bounce the touch was always there in the post um he had some touch on like post floaters and stuff like that but uh, as a shooter to, to go from where he was to now this pull-up nuclear pull-up threat where he right. was during the season which was mesmerizing uh, i just think it made you he, he might have been a little bit outside of what we can consider is like, oh, this is re- rec- replicable on like a night-to-night basis. Um, okay. But again, like this is just me playing devil's advocate. Like, and he, he, and he could be completely remorse like morph himself into a new player, and I would be sit here and eat all my words. I would love nothing <laughs> and, more. And, and, but that's. I'm just gonna put that out there.
0: And, and that's yeah. fair. And that's fair. And I don't think I need to. We need to like have him replicate exactly what he did this year. I just yeah. He just needs to be kind of in the realm. And I and I think no. that was the point of getting um. These guys who can create shots, he doesn't have 100 do percent high level, yeah. Like, because you, you see, I feel like you want to say something, Ryan. Right.
1: No, the only thing I'm going to say is that, like, I think that's always a concern with players that make such a historic leap, like Jake said, because it's like, it's it's like, it's like, because you know, sometimes with players, it's like sometimes they have that, like, one historic year, and then it's like they just drop back down to like where they were before, they, you know, like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. They can't replicate with who they were. So it's like this season is going to be very telling for Julius Randle. because it's like, is he going to be that same play he was last season where it's like you can expect this from him consistently? Or is he going to just, you know, drop back a bit and become, you know, something like the play he was before this historic leap? And I think with the Knicks, too, like I'm talking about positioning like. With the Knicks, like, I see them anywhere from 5 to 10 because, honestly, like, it's going to depend. I think it's going to really depend on Kemba Walker's health because if Kemba Walker is anything like his former self, I can see the Knicks being top five. Maybe they might sneak into number four, maybe if Kemba Walker is anything like his former self. But, like, if Kemba Walker is injured and... Right. Then you have the other guys having to take up his minutes and things of that nature. Then, you know, the Knicks are going to probably drop down a bit compared to the other well, talent well, in the East.
0: Well, I guess, I mean, you know, I mean, get to two things. Well, I guess it also depends on a few things, right? What's, what's Emmanuel Quickly's next step? What's McBride going to mm-hmm. do? Like, cause yeah. then, what's, what's RJ going to do? Because, you know, RJ's taking a step from first year to second year. What's his second year, to third year is going to do. So, so I, I think there's a lot of factors, too. Um, but, you know, what? before we even get into that and, and, and even Randall, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go back to an old comment about um, the 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 um, year statement about the win now players. I, I think for me, what I see is happening is they're trying. I feel like the Knicks are trying to remain flexible. Um, and that's why they're trying to draft as much as win now players as possible. Because, like, if you notice, even, like, the guys, the, the contracts they, they dealt out in free agency, they were all kind of movable contracts. And, I, like, as soon as Steve Stout joined the Knicks, he, he, he kept saying, yo, I want big fish here. We're going big game hunting. So I feel like they're going into the season feeling like we had a great season. And they're not looking at, they're not looking at it like we're going to take a step back. That's not what the Knicks are thinking. The, the Knicks are thinking we want to build on a success. And to build on success we need to, to put pieces on there and contribute immediately. And even if we trade these um team friendly there's like Noel and um Noel and Fournier and uh why am I uh Burks. If we move those guys, we still need to have some guys who can kinda step in and kind of play that role if we trade those guys for Levine or whoever they have their eyes on in the future. That's that's yeah. what I think. No, I mean the, that's the absolutely
2: mindset, <laughs> absolutely like a reasonable outlook and it's probably I mean it makes the most sense if if that's what the Knicks are if that's why they drafted them then I'm relatively okay with that because that means you have a plan in mind and you are gonna be aggressive in executing that. And that was probably my biggest qualm with the Knicks on drafting that is I just kind of thought they were a little bit too content. Um like it's I was kind of like yo like you just got Bounced off out of the playoffs like four to one in like dominate. We got dominated. Like I need some like I want to see some energy. Like I want to see some aggressiveness, and I didn't really get that. Um, and that's yeah. kind of what. Yeah, it like is. as much it as Sharif off.
0: Cooper is nice, we wasn't playing Sharif Cooper heavy playoff minutes a year one. That's no, not happening. One hundred can't shoot, and and right, there no. was double and triple teaming Julius. So like I get the long term prospect, but like yeah, they're not. they was gonna have Sharif Cooper in there trying to. <laughs> No, have no, 100%. And <laughs>
2: so, and again, and like, that's why I kind of like leaned on someone like James Springer, um, who I think like is, look, you don't need to like, the thing with Sharif is you want to give Shriek the ball. Um, If you're playing Sharif, you want to give him the ball. Jaden's not like that. Um, right. Like I said, the shot's a little bit of a work in progress, but he can make some money off the ball. He can be a cutter. He, he can hopefully space the floor a little bit, but he, he's going to provide value on the basketball court at some point. With also having that upside and age in his back pocket, um, so I, I just think the Knicks could have balanced things a little bit better. But again, like I get All the right. Grimes pick, I really do. Like I get it. Um, he was what the Knicks got him at 25. I had him at 31 or 32 on board. Like, okay, fine, it's fine. Like it's fine. Um, not, like I have no real issues with that. And then the Deuce one we talked about, was the one that now. you like, that's
0: the one you, yeah. yeah. So we, we so being locked up with Mc, with McDeuce, being locked up with that. So again, and
2: this is kind of what I want to hammer home, like the Knicks didn't get bad players. Like They didn't get bad basketball players. This is not my issue here at right. all. In fact, they got good basketball players and got a tremendous value-picking Deuce McBride compared to where I had him on the board. It's more about the process of consistently trading back, being risk-averse, um, just seeming a little bit too content, where it's like, you know, the NBA moves really, really fast, and you only get rewarded if you're swinging the fences. And I, like, I think that was my main takeaway from the Knicks draft is, they drafted, and um, I don't know you guys know PD Web at Above Breakthrough on Twitter. He said, I think he said on one of the podcasts I was listening to that, and I couldn't agree more. I was like furiously nodding my head as I was driving the car listening to this. He said, like I would have loved this draft for like a team that just need to was like eighty five percent finished, just need to clean up around the margins. Like those, that those are the kind of guys that Deuce Bryant and Quentin Grimes are. And I just personally don't feel like that the Knicks roster is there now. Is the front office like, do, would, could they think that? Sure. Um, but I think they did address some things in free agency that, again, contextualize the draft, like signing Fournier, signing Kemba. These are release valves for what, for Julius now. Like it doesn't have to just run through him now. Um, I like RJ more than uh, some people, but like I'm RJ is not going to be a number one or number two option anytime soon. He's uh, like uh, someone who I trust to play bully ball, and use his strength, attack closeouts. Um, get to the left side of the rim, t- dip his shoulder and finish. Um right, right. I don't I don't really trust him. I saw uh, he was getting clowned for that like quick twitch training video. Like it, it's whatever. <laughs> um, like he's just not he's not someone I trust as a creator anytime soon. Um, right. which is okay. Like that is very okay. He's going to be a good a very good player that I'm extremely happy to have on our basketball okay. team. You know
0: let's, let's but, get into McBride. Let's get yeah. into what's, Yeah,
2: what's, what's, we to we can talk to We can talk to, can talk yeah, to Let's get into McBride um, because
0: all right, so so far when it comes to, to Grimes, you're kind of shaking on yep. me. He seems like a 3-and-D guy, but you're not, you're not sold on the shot creation and, and his ball handling. That seems to be the biggest need of contention. Um, yeah. It seems like he's shown some movement shooting, but maybe not enough for you to, to, to really buy it um, long-term. Mc, Mc, um, McBride, though, is, is the guy who, who seems like a tough guy. He, bro- he broke his leg playing football. So he t- <laughs> you know, he's already showing that toughness. Yeah. He kind of showed out a little bit today in the summer league. Um, yeah. So, so, tell me what you do. about they ride? Get, get into the details of this game, offense, defense. Um,
2: noise. one of my one of my favorite players to watch throughout the entire draft cycle. Um, love his game, love his approach, and love his wiring. Um, and that's that's what tell you all you need to know. I just talked about how, um, not easy on the eyes. West Virginia's offense was, yet I couldn't wait to turn on the Deuce with pride tape every single time because that dude was just incredibly, incredibly fun. Um, like you know, I, I always say like you know how the best passers like manipulate the defense on the backside like they'll manipulate help look them off and then right with your eyes drop and mm-hmm. with the eyes like deuce will do that on defense like he literally will split the <laughs> difference and like bait you and be like where you want to go like where you want to go bro I'm, I'm gonna be there either way um and like he's just watching him like play those mind games with opponents and uh, like he's a little too over aggressive at times i think someone said that when i mentions like you can see that like second turn on the tape like he'll gamble here and there he'll try to jump past the lanes he'll try to generate events like that's something that's going to need to be reined in but you have the green light when you're as good as you are and as anticipatory as you are as, as McBride. Um, so yeah, just, a really, really good defender. Uh, I would like if I, I don't, no one's perfect. So I think you could say like he lacks some discipline, um, and Gun his Tibbs will rein that in a little bit. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about that there. And then on offense, um, I mentioned it, the handle is fine. Um, it, it actually did progress. Like he got more comfortable creating for himself as a scorer and a passer. Um, I'm trying to, like, I'm, I have these plays ingrained in my head from, like, the tournament games, which mm-hmm. were pretty, like, not vastly different, but just minor differences that catch the eye compared to where he was earlier in the season. But just, a, like, a tough shot maker. Very, very tough shot maker. Um, contests don't really seem to matter with him. He shoots it off his pull-up. Like, you'll see sometimes he'll, like, change up his elevation. His pull-up will get really elevated, but if he has, like, time and space on a catch-and-shoot, will stay like more low to the ground, which is interesting. But the mechanics are compact, like very flexible and, and vers- Like he, it, They invite a ton of versatility. Like he can shoot it off movement. He'll sprint off the screen. He can get to his stuff off a pull-up. Um, Like I said, like the handle's not the most advanced. I don't know if I like trust him in isolation because a lot of those isolation possessions in the Big 12 ended in contested attempts, mm-hmm. which means they're probably going to be difficult in the NBA early on. But in terms of attacking a the, the defense, which I said, like I love playing him alongside another guard, someone like Kemba, man. Like if Kemba can uh, pressure the defense a little bit, kick it out to Deuce, and like defense are gonna have to close out to him because he can he can shoot the ball, right. um, And his his money is gonna be derived off creating off those and just making tough shots. Like a, a surprise makes sense. Like if you wanted to get away from tough pull up jumpers, you got more of them in Deuce and Brad. but But um, I, I think we needed them. though. I think we needed though. Yeah. Like like, we, like that yeah. mid
0: range game is something we 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 missed. Um, yeah, no,
2: one hundred percent.
0: Because they they were closing, they were closing off the three. They was running people off the three. They were like um, preventing us from getting to the rim. Sometimes you need that beta range game, so we we gonna need that. And he showed a little. He showed the first shot he took in some league yesterday. He showed it. Yeah, he showed yeah, I can yeah, see that. He, he showed some today too. He showed, he definitely showed some today too. Uh, but I think all of our rookies had a little bit of a better game. And even IQ, I saw IQ have a nice little. I saw IQ shoot an actual jump shot in the mid-range today and I shed a tear. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know this man's been working, working in the off season. Like, he's working. Oh, I when he's, when I yeah. know,
2: he'll, when I know he's working is when he gets... To all the way to the rim, That's where I know he's working.
1: Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. That that is true. So yeah, because IQ just floaters in threes right now. Just floaters in threes. And threes yeah, it. <laughs> and, yeah, that's it. Yeah,
0: <laughs> IQ hit a few. he you know, a few. IQ oh, went to the rim a couple of times today, and he actually got fouled a few times, and they didn't love call it, it, and he finished. It. Love it. So love I'm loving it. I'm loving when I, I saw I IQ
2: today for sure. I didn't watch the game today, so I don't know. Um, but like. Emmanuel, quickly, since Kentucky. Floaters and threes, baby. (laughs) Floaters and threes all day.
0: (laughs) Now, are you concerned about McBride's finishing? Because I've heard, like, he seems like a tough kid. But I've seen that, I've heard that he can't really finish that well
2: all the time. I mean, I wouldn't say, like, he can't finish. I just think he struggles to get, like, he struggles to get there. Um, and, And, like, I think that's, it's just... A lot of things are derived from that handle. It's not, like like I said, it's not super advanced. It's not super comfortable. Like, he has trouble, like, creating advantages from a standstill, right? Um, Like, he'll get to his spots, but they won't necessarily be easy. Um, He's not creating easy paint touches, and he's not, like, drastically shifting the defense and bending them with these paint touches and 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 this rim gravity. Like, he's just going to beat you by himself, which... Has its pros and cons, um, but that's what I'm saying. Like Deuce's impact, relatively, like it comes in a vacuum, and I'm like, I'm a little bit worried that the Knicks have a little bit too many of those guys. Um, it, like if Kemba isn't gonna like pick up, this, like if Kemba isn't um, fully ready to pick up all like a lot of our slack as a playmaker, um, I'm a little bit worried. Like Kemba is really good, like creating for creating shots for himself and like playmaking out of it. Um, I, I'm like not too um, equipped to talk about his playmaking because I haven't seen him, but I'm definitely gonna run like seen like his stuff so in depth that recently, but in terms of 40, like you're getting these on ball scores, which is great. Like that's what we needed, but I'm, I'm a little bit worried. Like we just have a little too many guys that are just going to like get theirs by themselves and not necessarily like help the overall flow of the team offense. But like, again, that's a um, worry for down the line, but with Deuce, like he's not going to necessarily run your offense. He's just going to provide value with pull up jump shooting, which is extremely valuable.
0: Okay. So I have a question for you. Cause my, many people kind of see him his ceiling as a um, a bench point guard. Is that s- strictly because of his height or is it because they're not comfortable in this shot creation?
2: I mean, I would – like, if, if you're going to tell me, like, I, I don't think Miles McBride is, like – I mean, again, I hate capping ceilings on players because they make us look stupid all the time. Um, so – what i will say is like i would not personally feel comfortable in like saying miles o'brien is going to be an nba starting point guard i just think he has a lot of ways to go as a playmaker a lot of ways to go in terms of breeding defenses in terms of like actually manufacturing consistent offense Like, that's the biggest thing for me uh, of of your offensive engine can they consistently generate easy looks and i kind of just talked about how he struggles to do that could he get a better handle um he's pretty bursty but could he tile these things together and make leaps and bounds? Sure. He obviously could. Um, I, I think like Deuce McBride, like I said, like I think he could be a starting like off guard. Um, like I think that would be like his ceiling. I think it's a, a little bit, cause I, cause I don't really view him as like a bench point guard anyways. Okay. Um, I don't really view him as someone who's going to come in and run your second unit. Cause I don't want him running my offense. Um, it's more about like, I just want him to do his thing, which, and his thing is get to his spots provide value as a shooter and a pull up shooter, especially, and be, guard the other team's best player and make or not maybe not even guard the other team's best player, because I want him roaming off the ball and just do your thing on defense and make tough shots on offense. Like I don't I don't really see him as a point guard, is my kind of thing. Like I see him as an undersized off guard. Which again, back to our point, like if he's 6'5, this dude is like all of a sudden incredibly valuable. And not that he can't be at 6'2, but again, it's just a little bit harder. But why I put pushback on the bench point guard thing is I don't really just I don't really see him as a point guard anyways.
0: Okay. All right, all, all right. right. All right. So he, his assist numbers were kind of decent because you know there's, there's tiers of point guards. There's the point guards who can, like you said, they're like the um they're the the Trey Youngs of the world. Uh, those guys who can like manipulate the defense with their eyes, head fakes, and see the play before it reads. Then there's the point guards who who you know the drive and kick uh can kind of see the advantage when it happens, but not necessarily m- manipulate the defense. Um. Uh. So and then it's like the, the point guards who are strictly scoring point guards like yep. I don't know I is he where would you put him? I kind of I feel like he's kind of in this maybe the second realm You know what I'm saying like he can kind of make I, a, I, a pass sometimes bef- but, it's,
2: but how do you see Yeah, him? but before I talk about dudes, all listeners right now, you guys need to give JLS his flowers Because he just gave you guys a perfect breakdown on proactive versus reactive point guards So take that knowledge and don't forget it because that's a huge thing that people don't talk about too often is like hey did you like create this advantage and did you manipulate it or did you just create it yourself and you reacted on it and listen both are valuable um obviously the proactive manipulate like doing the luka stuff where you're just like moving your moving the defense and picking them apart because you're seeing plays three play uh, you're seeing things three plays in advance right um, Versus the reactive stuff where you're kind of just driving and reacting to what they do on the fly, which again is not like it's not easy either. But in terms of draft prospects, like I could give you two guys um, before we get to, like Trey Mann, because I know I the fans are into Trey Mann. Like I was very into Trey Mann too. Um, wrote about him in that same piece as James Springer. Trey Mann is strictly a reactive passer right now. Um, right. He is not there in terms of reading the defense ahead of time and having him in the palm of his hand and making these advanced layer reads. Like I in that piece I had highlighted that he basically sticks to his first read a lot and those were where a lot of his passing turnovers come from. McBride is a little bit of the same way. Um reactive. he's definitely more he's way more reactive. Okay. But the where the thing is with Deuce is like I just hope he can get like get to his spots a little cleaner. Because if he can get to his spots a little cleaner, we know that the pull up is there and we know the defenses have to respect that. So if he can genuinely get to that spot clean and draw help then it's going to make it easier for him as that reactive passer to make these reads, whether that be a dump-off, reading the drop side, like the, let's say, just hypothetical, like Deuce rips off a closeout, he gets to the elbow, someone steps up to help, now he has the guy, like, the guy, hopefully the guy in the dunker spot, and you have your guy in the corner dropping down for help. Like, ideally, Deuce can make that read, where it's either the drop-off or the kick out to the corner. Like, I trust him to eventually make that read, but it's about drawing that help in the first place, and that kind of comes back to what we're saying is, like, Deuce is kind of just going to win in his own vacuum right now because a lot of these looks are contested. He's not necessarily putting pre- – he's putting pressure on the defense in theory, but he's not necessarily drawing these other defenders towards okay. him. So he's not like – if you guys get what I'm saying, it's more of like a, hey, we're going to get value from this if the shot goes in. Right. But it's not like with Trey, and I know a lot of Knicks fans are going to know this all too well. Like Even if Trey doesn't make a shot, like he's still providing value and putting pressure on the defense. Because we're selling out everything to stop him and, and to take it away from him. So, like, obviously, I'm not comparing Deuce and Trey. It's like completely crazy. But I'm just saying, from a basketball like, theoretical sta- or basketball philosophical standpoint, like, that's the difference between someone who's going to actually bend your defense and draw other help and make it easier on their teammates versus someone who's just going to win in a vacuum. And okay. there are a lot of damn good players that just win a vacuum. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. All
1: right.
0: Yo salute salute to salute to Jake, man. Uh hit that thumbs up if you like the content and um, salute to Jake for giving us his insight. Uh my guy, he, he, he's he's blowing up, man. We had him over here last year for on the show. And now he's writing for the step in. He became big time and he decided to come to come in and talk with us today. So shout out to Jake for some making some time. All right.
2: Uh, Listen, I don't know why you are you're, you're acting like I'm doing charity work by coming on and it's a KO. Hey man, you That's big time man. You all. for for as long for as long as I'm in the public sphere doing podcasts, I am always happy and look forward to coming on the KOT. you guys showed me a lot of love um back when you know, everyone wasn't always i mean i feel bad i feel like i'm like making myself out as like a rags to register and nah, a, nah, I, i'm not but, gonna lie jay <laughs> I,
0: I, I did notice once once you came on kot I, I feel like a lot of people got hip to you
2: <laughs> no, you're right what do you mean you are you're you're right I, <laughs> I i people people didn't know i was no people didn't know i was a knicks fan until i came on i did so i did kot I did you guys, and then a, I feel like a couple months later, I did uh, Nick's Film School with right. John, and people didn't know I was a Nick's fan until I did their shows. But now, I, I it's awesome now. I, I, like, can talk Nick's with Nick's people. Um, right? I I'd always like <laughs> I'd always followed all the people on Nick's Twitter, and I feel like like they didn't even know I was like interested in their stuff. Like, they didn't even know I was interested from like a fan standpoint. But, but everyone knows now. Um, cat's out of the bag. Exactly. So, wh- which is yeah. great because I have a lot of Nick's mutuals that I love uh, talking hoops with. A lot of smart people on there, but also um, not as beneficial when I have people in my DMs, um, like friends, but in my DMs texting me, clowning me for uh, what they perceive as the Knicks making bad moves. But well, let's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Whatever, We were four
1: places
0: <laughs> in the East last year, man. Screw Listen, that, man. Hope, hopefully,
2: the, hopefully the joke's on them, and I, I have all these receipts. Exactly. Um, on my phone we so, save receipts man we petty your yes. video on KOT, let me tell you yes. that right now. we <laughs> save receipts all right 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 especially ryan
0: yeah. ryan is king petty ryan <laughs> ryan is chilling right now ryan is king petty. yeah right. For man those, you know, who follow us you already know how petty ryan is all right yeah
1: but you know but you know i'm just chilling right now man i'm you know <laughs> it's it's, it's Jake show tonight so i'm just here chilling i'm just listening to the knowledge and the good words so i'm just here chilling tonight
0: <laughs> Absolutely, <yeah>. oh, man.
1: <laughs> all right. So, um,
0: let's get into somebody else. So, we got the 58th pick, man. We got
2: oh, yeah, yeah, he's fun, dude. He's Yeesh. fun, yeah,
0: Yeesh. Jericho Sims with the 58th pick. Um, one of the I didn't know who this guy was until we picked him. Then I had to kind of dig in the crates. Yep. Um, but like you said, the summer leagues already started, you kind of got a, a glimpse of what he's been doing. And he's a fun guy, man, rim runner, defender. Uh, but tell us what you think about Jericho's game so far.
2: Um. Well, Jericho is just one of those dudes where, like, he, he was kind of testing the water. He didn't know if he was going to enter the draft or not. And then it's like, oh, we're going to get this guy to combine. He's going to get to jump for everyone. Or we're going to get this guy in a clutch pro day. And, and like, he's going to get to hit his head on the rim. Like, he should probably keep his name in the draft. Um, At 58, why not? Um, you know, I made a promise to myself this year, anything after 45, you swing. Um, like if you just, I, I'm letting a lot of people try, like and draft, like this was me last year because you spent all this time watching every single guy. You're like, why why didn't they pick this guy at 40, at 51? It's like, look back at the old drafts. Like none of it really matters. Usually. Sure. You have your guys here and there, but if you get an NBA player in the back end of the second round, you won. Um, which is why I love the Jericho pick. Um, I think there's a chance he's going to be a player. I'm not like, I think a lot of Knicks fans, like we need him in the rotation right now. Um, (laughs) I don't know if I'm ready to say that. I I, I think he has some eerily similar qualities to our our friend Mitchell Robinson in terms of being a a freak athlete who is a rim runner and protects the rim. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mitch is further ahead in those aspects. So I'm not not ready to just like out with Mitch, Jericho in. Um, I think Mitch is probably a better version of Jericho. Mm -hmm. That's coming from someone who's like, hesitant to extend Mitch um but yeah Jericho's fun man like just a ridiculous athlete um and you saw that he had an alley-oop in the first game that I
1: was just, yeah
2: <laughs> like, and I some, like if you look in the Raptors bench like one of the dudes like oh my god like, he just he just did we got aware um head was well above the rim yeah like I, he's a listen he, he's kind of for a while now I've preached that you know backup bigs and I thought this and this, I know, I don't no longer think this anymore. Um, I used to kind of think, Hey, bigs are replaceable. All you need is a rim runner who can protect the Like a rim runner who can finish lounge, protect the rim, which is like, it's really not true. Like if you're a bad big man, you will get exposed in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And like the truth is there's no real like replaceable position. There are positional scarcities, which is why people value wings more like myself included. It's not that many just like plug and play wings or just elite wings, but like, I think Jericho absolutely has a shot to, like, make the team. I think he'll probably make the team. Um, and, like, play spot minutes. Um, Mitch has been injury-prone. Mitch loves to get into foul trouble. New has battled some injuries over the years. Like, great. I mean, I think he absolutely looks like home run at 58. I mean, I think he still has a long way to go in terms of, like, basketball feel and ball skills before I'm, like, all the way in. And it's summer league, and there have been, in previous years, athletic bigs that are just... Running and jumping laps around everyone, so they look a little bit better. But yeah, look at 58. I think that's it. Looks great right now. Yeah, my one.
0: I what I like about him is he looks bigger already. And you're looking at Noel and you're looking at Mitch, and those guys are kind of thin. So, and I I said this on yesterday's uh, summer league show when we're facing these bigger centers who can body you up he feels like he can kind of push him back. So I kind of like the prospect of having him around just to kind of body these big old 250, 300-pound senders. Like, he just looks like he, he can probably handle that a little bit better. Um, Two, um, I know his offense isn't polished. He seemed like he's been working on his post-up moves. But can you tell me what's the... Houses. I saw he had like some face-up things happening every now and again. Like, what's <laughs> what's that about? Is that is there
2: hope there? I don't, is, I mean, is I don't it... really trust it. Um, <laughs> I don't really trust it. Like, I, I just don't like. He's like he's just very. Like he, his feel is not good. Um, right now bad. He's just like a raw athlete. Um, mm. which like at fifty-eight again. Like we're talking about the fifty-eighth pick in the right. NBA draft here. If you get an NBA player, that is an absolute. Like you hit. That's a hit. Um, by like all any stretch of the imagination so like i don't want to sound like i'm so overly critical here because like again we're talking about what like what was the cost to get him very slim basically slim to none um practically undrafted um so for him to look the part uh, he does and again it's summary we should not have any real takeaways or suddenly we're talking about this off the air but again like Jumping that, you're gonna jump that high in Vegas. You're gonna jump that high in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <Facts>. like, <laughs> that like that vertical jump is traveling the country. And so like he's a legit athlete. I'm I'm interested to see like what the skill developments look like. For me, just it's like the easiest. Like it's not easy because like this is not like easy at all for big men to like actually develop. But for a lob threat, ideally you would want them to develop like some short roll ability on the short roll, right? Where it's like you can take one dribble and and, and like make a decision or one dribble and right. get to the rim. And because like you're you're such a potent lob threat that you're, if the defense has to step out that much more, it makes it that much difficult for them to defend your actual play, which is a lob. Um, but that being said, like I've said multiple times, his feel is like very far behind. So for someone who feels far behind, like expecting him to become the short roll playmaker is like basically not. It's just not gonna happen okay. but like if you if you were gonna ask for like what are the developmental paths for him to like become viable on offense like that would probably be one of them uh just making these learned reads once you catch the ball on the um on, on the roll because like i would probably want him as an exclusive pick and roll roll man i, mm-hmm. I don't really think mm-hmm. like I, I don't want to deploy him in the posts and give him entries like it, it's he's an athlete and should be used as such like I, I will, i'll leave it at that all right all right
0: all right I, i'll i'll say this like I saw him make a floater yesterday, and I almost fell of the chair. <laughs> yeah, Knicks, Knicks fans are getting very excited about his summer league performance. I was like,
2: all right. yeah, you know, like when I was like, I think Jackson Hayes is gonna be like a, pro, like a good NBA player. But like, watch Jackson Hayes. Like, I think it was his first summer league game. Just watch watch those highlights. Um, they might look a little similar, or just like Jackson. Basically, Jackson had like twenty seven points or twenty six points because he was just like seven feet tall ridiculously fluid and like no one on the court was in the athletic stratosphere as him. And like, don't get me wrong, Jericho is like even like a like a top percentile big man athlete in the NBA level, but it's really different, man, in terms of strength, mobility, schemes. Uh, it's just different. The league like is very, very different once you once you like actually get to the regular season, let alone the playoffs.
0: Okay. Let me let me ask you this then. Okay. It seems like another skill he has seems to be like a switchability onto and I think that's what made me a little more excited about him on the defensive end because that's what we had in Mitch and where Mitch not to say Mitch can like you know lock down Kyrie Irving on a switch but you know he's not going to get lost do you buy that from Sims his switchability
2: on guards and wings on the defensive end um. So what I will say, like I've, I think the term, like the warrior, it's the Warriors' fault, man. Like the Warriors just like made switchability, like like in the way you and I both say, it, we say it all the time. Like, is this guy switchable? Um, like <laughs> the Warriors made this like such a thing that everyone wants to strive for. It's reality. It's like, what if I don't have to switch a seven footer onto a six foot two guy? Why would I do it? Like, what? Why am I like? And I think we saw this a lot in the playoffs, and it actually infuriated me and luca picked it took the clip it took luca dropping like 45 on the clippers in the first two games for them to be like why wait why am i just like giving him the matchup he wants like this, this <laughs> like this whole like they were just soft switch like the whole idea of soft switching it's so it's so crazy to me it's like no hedge and recover like or play drop and right. like so what i've kind of focused on and like this isn't my development just like talking with a lot of people it's like so we should probably so we should probably value more and like i've kind of want the term to be is, like, scheme versatility. Like, you can play drop, you can get to the level of the screen. Okay. Like, getting to the level, like, getting to the level of the screen, like, that is the most – like, that is so important in today's game because, like, these – otherwise, these pull-up shooters are going to kill you Um, if you can't, like, get up on the level. Um, So, like, now I would kind of rephrase, like, can he get to – like, can he play at the level? Because, like, that's much more important to me than, like, can he switch? Because, like, more times than not, if you're switching, you're going to get cooked anyways. So, like – why? Why would I even prioritize that? But in terms of can he be scheme versatile? Absolutely. Um, like he's okay. very fluid. Like all those, all those, uh, like the vertical tools. Like he's just a ridiculous athlete. Man. Like so, when you get those movement skills, like on the offensive end and the defensive end, like yeah, I think he can be scheme versatile. And I think that's like something we have with Mitch too and Nerlens yeah. a, l- a little bit as well. So like, I think that's a good trend to have consistent with our big man. Like by the. way, I'm in no rush to, like, get another big insertion because, like, I actually think Nerlens Orleans as well was, like, really good for us last year. I agree. Um, yeah. And I think, like, some people had some qualms with that contract. And, like, I, yeah, I get it. Um, but I just think he was really – I think he was good. Um, and, and, like, I'm, I'm not really in a rush to replace him. He's kind of everything that, like, I, I think the Knicks need from a big man other than, like, the stretch five that also protects the rim that people want to pretend exists on earth other than Brooke Lopez right now. So <laughs> uh, yeah, Nerland so well, like is good. Um, But back to Jericho, like either. Yeah. If someone's hurt, fine. Keep them on the end. Like otherwise send them to the G league and like, let's kind of let's like, let's see what the short role playmaking looks like. Let's, let's see what the face up game looks like I, I, to me. Like that would be more valuable than having him play like eight to ten eight spot minutes in the league where like, he's going to get, everything that he's like whether it's if it's not catching a lob like it's gonna get shut out on the offensive end as a rookie it just is yeah. and so for me like i would rather him go to the g league and like trash it out and like see what he can maybe work on and maybe is feasible long term and like get ironed out and get those reps rather than just like playing his role for eight, like six to eight minutes. Like, I don't really think that's going to do him anything long-term, but again, we're talking about the 50th pick in the draft. Like the fact that we're even seeing her having this conversation is a very good thing.
0: Yeah. And he has a a two-way contract too. So Mm -hmm. I can see him definitely going down there um, and, and playing some G league minutes and then bring him up sometimes to play a backup if something goes down. So I, I, I totally agree with you. And, um, yeah. Also, what I liked in, this, in the shooting in summer league 2 is the offensive rebounding seems nice for him too. Like he seems like really active, high motor type of guy. Um, yeah. yeah, really good pick for fifty eight. Like, woof!
1: I'm, I'm I'm excited about that guy. Yes. And yeah. You anything there, Ryan? Oh no, no, no! Y'all got it. Y'all got it. I'm just I'm just agreeing. Okay. Cool. Now, last guy to talk about. Um, <laughs> this one is
0: interesting. Um, I, I I was talking to Roy yesterday and you guys too. I kind of feel like he's like the insurance, insurance, insurance policy for point guards. Like he's insurance just in case some point guards don't work out. He's insurance in case, in case Luca Vildoza doesn't work out, which it looks like Vildoza yeah, isn't yeah, working out in summer is, league yeah, so
1: far. <laughs> that, like, like I said yesterday, that insurance policy is about to run out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's our Rokas Djokobaitis. I
0: think I said his name
2: right. Yeah,
0: twenty year old six so, four guy, um, for international player from the Euro
2: League, man. Break down this game for us. So honestly, so I mean, I always promise myself if I haven't really been watching someone, I'm gonna say that I haven't really been watching them. Instead of sitting up here and bsing, um, I haven't seen a lot of Rokas, uh, recently. Uh, he was someone who was kind of playing around with entering the 2020 draft, so. I watched a little bit of his stuff then and he was like, fine. he was like fine to me. Um, like it, all the things that you're seeing there, like he's a cable passer. He's got decent size for a point guard and he's going to be a draft the stash guy. So like, it, we're probably not going to hear from him for right. a year or two, maybe. Um, for me, that was just like a positional thing. Um, again, I, I, I could be completely wrong. If, if the rocus if there are rocus supporters out there that think his film is must watch and I need to go see it. Um, to just kind of this take that I'm about to make, then send it, send, it, send it my way, and I would love to watch it. Um, I Seriously, I'm open to anything. Um, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm an expert on his game. I watched minimal stuff for the 2020 cycle, which was... We're approaching on that being, like, 20 months ago. So, again, by no means am I tapped in on his game right now. So if I am wrong, feel free to yell at me in my DMs. Cool. <laughs> well. But if you are going to take a point guard at 34, it should probably be Shreve Cooper. That's what I'm going to say. It should probably be Shreve Cooper. Just a point guard. And just and this is just sheer, like, positional thing. Like, if you look in the mirror, if you, like, look around your draft room and say, hey, we want a point guard here, like, it should have probably been Shreve Cooper. And look, like, again, if there is film out there that you think Rokas is a better prospect than Shreve Cooper, send it my way, I'll watch it, and then we can talk. Um, I am not up-to-date on his stuff. I could be making completely ill-informed take here. I'm being completely honest and upfront that I haven't seen his stuff recently. But I've watched a lot of Shreve Cooper, and I think he's probably worth the 40, 34th pick, especially for the, the New York Knicks. Yeah. I, I,
0: I'll, I'll say a little bit I've I seen about Rokas because I just I, been, I haven't watched his games at all. I've just been watching like Breakdown from YouTube. That's what I've been mm-hmm. watching, <laughs> and I've and, and also been watching the Knicks game today because he actually played the game today in the summer league. Um, and as Ari was saying in the chat, he turned the ball over like the first three times he touched the ball. Um, yeah. I, I think it was nerves, though. I think it was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in the U.S." and because it was they weren't. They were unforced they were unforced turnovers like literally right. they threw him the ball and the ball went through his fingers. It <laughs> went out of bounds. <laughs> so I think he just had to like breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and take a breath. Um but you know he he had a couple of buckets today. And I don't know from what I've seen I don't from the breakdowns I've seen it looks like he's supposed to be a really good passer. Um f- from the game today, I saw that IQ was doing most of the point guarding, so I didn't really get a yeah. sense of how he would run a team, really. But it's a, supposedly he's supposed to be a really, really good high yeah. passer.
2: The pass, the passing is what I remember um, from from when I was watching him during 2020. But like, he was someone honestly, I, I like. It was like, is he gonna stay in? Is he not gonna stay in? Um, he was pretty borderline, and I didn't, just didn't get around to him this summer. Um. So, yeah, yeah, but I mean, I'll certainly be tracking him overseas and we'll see, we'll monitor the contract situation um, when he, when, if he ever comes over, um, keep up with this stuff overseas. But yeah, that's my yeah, only take yeah. on it. But again, I, I, they picked Deuce and Brad for, for pick later, So yeah, exactly. I'm not going to be too upset. <laughs> exactly. But yeah,
0: from Rookis, from Rookis, from Ro- from Ro- it seems like he's a high-level passer, uh catch and shoot three player, stand still, straight up catch and shoot three player and um, a lefty guy. The th- yeah. the thing then again, why I think they they did the draftness stash is because again I don't think they're going they plan to play these guys logjam
2: yeah no no they, which I
0: get I th- um yeah yeah go ahead go ahead Ryan uh, and also um and also it's, I think it's the money thing also I think it's also money they're they're nickel and diming these picks to try to get money to sign the Kimball Walker who was like who's going to be yeah. what like a nine million dollar deal. Like they saved two million dollars by two million dollars by shipping off the um, the 19th uh, pick, right, and then they also probably saved a mill or so, um by keeping a having a draft and stash guy. So that's probably not going to go against the cap this year. So, t- uh, so my thinking is, all right, we'll have some talent that'll be overseas, and then we'll save some money on the book. Maybe that might be like three million dollars to you could give towards Kimba, who's going to be able to help uh, Julius Randle immediately year one if he is indeed healthy that's i that's what i think is happening
2: yeah no and, and again like taking back to the top of the podcast like yeah like, in the moment i was so um distraught with the knicks kept trading down trading down trading down um and now, like i had no idea they wanted to get kemba walker You're right so, like that's just a perfect <laughs> example of like you don't know what's going on i'm um, like just you don't know what the oh, you don't always you don't always know what a long term game is. Um, so again, while well, in the moment I was like annoyed with the trading down, the chain down, like the guys that I wanted them to pick were there at 25, 34, 30, 38, anyways. Um, like Jaden Springer, Jared Butler, Shrewd Cooper, like right. guys like that, they were all there. So, like, honestly, we can just like forget the trade down thing because that was clearly a part of a bigger picture to get Kemba Walker. That's fine. It was more about like the actual picks that were made. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of what I got.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I th- overall, I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. I, yeah. I trust this front. You know what? I'm going off of what happened last season. We were fourth in the East last season. That we have these guys who supposed to be capologists, guys who can you know who understand the cat better than anybody. Who who <clears throat> make moves six, seven, eight moves ahead. So I'm even though even if I don't understand it, I'm giving it the benefit of the doubt just because of <laughs> what the hell happened last year. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, that that came out of nowhere. We we made the playoffs. We have cat space. We signed Kemba Walker out of nowhere. All right, there must be a plan. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna just look at the I'm gonna just look at it, analyze it, and and see what happens. Not get too deeper or, or emotional about it. Even even if, even if that does creep in, but yeah. All right, all right, yeah, I I think we've talked about everyone. Part of me wanted to do like a a a, a summer league recap because the game yeah. that happened today. Yeah, earlier
1: today. Yeah,
0: because <laughs> I knew half of these guys. I, I, so I'm gonna just end the show by saying this. IQ did his thing today, man. Yeah. IQ did it. I didn't see
2: the game. I saw <laughs> the box score though. I saw the box score.
0: Listen, all right, so. I mean, you know what it is for me with IQ today during the Summer League game? Um, I think it's the timing. IQ had eight assists today, eight assists yesterday. IQ shot better today. But I feel like today it seemed like there was a more conservative effort to feed Obi the ball and to run a team offense, um, especially in that first quarter. Uh, He did get a little shot happy in that second quarter. Yeah, but I think I think I I think if he's going to do that and I, I, I think if he's going to get shot happy a little bit, I think I want him to get the team involved first in general, because I I, I do feel like it, it gets the team out of rhythm if he goes me first out the gate. And like, I understand that's the player he is. He's a guy who hunts shots. He's a guy who's going to pull those deep threes. And that's the beauty of having him is he can pull the deep three, pull out the defense and then force him to react. We saw that happen today. Once he started hitting those D3s, they had to close out on him like, damn near half court, and he was able to pick him apart just because he hit two or three of those those shots in a row, and that's why I wanted him to try and see some minutes at point guard anyway, just to see that domino effect that Dane kind of ha- does with Portland. So, like, I I liked how he played. I liked the shot district. Not that he played bad point guard yesterday, I just liked the the rhythm of it and the order of how he played point guard t- today a lot better. Yeah,
1: yeah, man. IQ,
2: yeah,
1: go, on, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I just I just want to ask something right quickly about IQ's game today. Like even his comments after the game, IQ sees himself as a, as a point guard because he he mentioned it loud and clear, saying that I am a point guard. And yeah, IQ had a great game today. You know, eleven to twenty-one from the field, thirty-two points, eight assists. You know, he's definitely showing sure that he can. You know create plays for other players and this and that. But the only issue I have with IQ and his shot selection today was much better than last game too. I'll give him credit for that. The only one. (laughs) Yeah. But, but the only (laughs) thing about IQ is that, okay, if you see, if you really do see yourself as a point guard, the shot happiness has to go down a bit. And and you have to get your teammates involved more often and move the ball around more. You know what I mean? If you really do see yourself as a point guard, because right now, even though he, even though he had a good game at point guard, He's still a shooting guard at the moment. He still plays like a right. shooting guard, so Yeah. But, he, but IQ, but, but IQ still had an impressive game though. Yeah, I think I've I seen
0: him play point guard, pure point guard for a longer stretch today than yesterday. <laughs> I think that's what it was. Like like and <laughs> um, like I know he had eight assists, easily. but there was other points of the game where it wasn't just assists, it was like setting people up, hockey assists, things of yeah. like that nature. Go ahead. This Jay. is
2: at, at the end of the day, this is summer league, like he's lying, he's not a point guard. <laughs> oh, this, like, <laughs> this is not an NBA point guard right now. Like, I, I think we can all kind of agree. Like, the m- minutes we see him in the NBA, like he's not a point guard, and it, it's so okay. I don't know why, like everyone's like pushing for him to be a point. It's like no, I'm pushing Go- for him. I'm pushing. Go- damn it. I'm but, pushing. So this is why, like I and this is the th- I think a lot of people last year were pointing, like pushing for like point quickly because that they thought that was a way to like get Alfred out of there. When like in reality, we should have been like bench Alfred. Like and this is nothing to do with quick. Like. I would love to have quick get more minutes. I thought he should have got more minutes in the playoffs. Like I thought, we absolutely lacked shot creation out of anything, out of anyone, and like he has some juice. Man. Like kid has fire. Um, he just has some fire coming off the bench. So I really like him there. Um, just come up, just being another offensive option who can get like that pull up, pull up three is gold. Like that pull up three is gold. Yeah. Um, it, it really drag like as you guys mentioned, dragging the defense out and then making plays out of that. Um, and that's that's got to be the plan for him. But no, at that moment he is not a point guard. We can get that abundantly clear.
0: Yeah, I'd say I'm gonna say this: if you have a power forward who can shoot threes and 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 get get decent in the mid range, and if you have, like, I don't necessarily think to win, you need a hundred percent pure Jason Kidd point guard on your team all the time. No, i agree with you uh, it I, doesn't have to yeah like I th- it doesn't have
2: to be the point guard
0: yeah like i think the w- i think the way iq skill sets are set up where he can hit the deep three and then he also has a floater which co- like coincidentally can help set up that lob threat so seamlessly when you run pick and rolls i feel like and then it seems like in the end of the year he was Getting those passes to the corner more frequently. I feel like if you're able to do those few things in the game, you can really disrupt the defense, and things can really come together. And, and so, although like he might be a shot first kind of point guard when he's playing point guard, I I feel like if he gets more reps, he can he can we can we can coach him into being more of like a that second tier point guard that we talked about where he, you he's, people are reacting to him especially when yeah. if he's sending people up with the jump shot
2: 100 Like, i mean i think there's like definitely an avenue where he's like a decent reactive passer like he's not a horrible decision maker um we already know he has the pull up it's gonna be about that rim pressure it, like that's really what it's gonna come down to if he's actually gonna get to the rim and, and draw help then it gets a lot easier to pass make passes out of it. the problem is he's not drawing full rotations when he beats his primary he's selling for a floater which isn't like yeah you're going to draw a little bit of help there but that's they're going to contain you that, that's not a full rotation where you're making the defense move out of that so i mean all the uh, most of the great passers especially like that's something like, gets underrated with like trey like, trey is rim pressure like legit rim pressure he's really good with the floater he's really good as a pull as a three-point shooter but like and the college trade too. Like and this has been a thing with quickly since college. Like he was not getting to the rim in college, um, and it's a big reason why a lot of people were turned off by him as a prospect. Um, nah, obviously, nah. they yeah. they were wrong. He's an NBA player, but uh, and you can like like that's the avenue for improvement it is the repression Yeah,
0: I think that's why I like I'm like what I'm seeing. He got to the rim today. Shout out yeah. to the sirens. You already know <laughs> sirens means it's a good show. It's the good luck time shout out to the sirens in the background I mean that's why I think that's why I'm encouraged by saw today man he got to the rim a couple of times today Mm -hmm. he actually shot a mid-range shot today um and he he he's he's got he's passed to the corner a few times in the last summer league games he's he's set up a sims for a lot of lobs between today and yesterday I I like where it's going man it's not perfect but I like where it's going
1: (laughs) yeah of course
0: um all right I see I don't have Fritz in here, so I don't really have anybody to, like, really man the queue today. But Ari is in the the, the chat. He He's in the queue. So, usually when Ari calls, it's really fiery. So, get ready. All right? <laughs> <laughs> get ready for Ari, all right? All right, Ari. Bring Ari in the chat. All right, what's going on, Ari? You are now live on the KOT Show. Hit that KOT Live button two times and then hit watch stream so you can hear Quit. me and the panel as well alright hit KLT live twice
3: KLT live
0: twice yeah hit the CC says KLT live I can hear you can you hear Can you, you can hear me right yeah I hear you Ryan say something you you hear Ryan yeah I hear Ryan alright perfect and shout out to Michael Parker who sends a final super chat it Says salute to Nick Nation shout out to you Michael Parker alright go ahead Ari what am I doing no, you're good. You're good. You're live. You're all set. I'm all set. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Stay. Uh. Stay. All your right. points, right? Say why the reason why you called.
3: Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. All right, so I'm live right now. Mm-hmm. You're live right yeah. now. Yeah. Um. All right. The reason why I called is multiple reasons. Um. First, you know. I I like I like what I see from Deuce McBride, man. Um. You know, I, he's obviously not the he's not the most fast twitchy guy. You know he's he's not like a super athletic or anything, but um, if you're a point guard and, and and you have a good you have a good IQ and and you play defense and you could eat in the mid range you could right. you could like Chris Paul made a made a Hall of Fame career at a, at a just with with limited athleticism just killing in the mid range man like it's such a weapon in today's NBA because a lot of drop coverages they give you they give you the you know they give you the mid range it's like. You know, and the way he plays defense and, you know, he, he, he can shoot the three, but it's really that mid-range, man, because, yeah. you know, if, if he's smart in the pick and roll and he's and he knows that and he, and he he learns the game and he can hit that mid-range jump shot a lot, he's going to be like, it's going to open up the floor for everybody else. And um, I love the way he competes on defense. And, um, you know, listen, Rosen, he may not get a lot of minutes, but... Well, you know Rose and Kemba. One of them is not going to be healthy for a little bit, that's so okay. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to get his time, his time to shine. And um, you know, and he plays good defense, man. So you know, I just think that I think the mid, like Tony Parker used to kill the mid range. Chris Paul killed the mid range. Mm-hmm. Paul Pierce killed the mid range. It's like that's the shot teams give you in the NBA, man. And it's like you know, then once once they once they shut down the mid range, then. Then he can take it to the rim, because, you know. It just opens up the, the whole game for him. Um, so I, I'm very impressed with him. Um, you know, Jericho Sims, man. I have no idea how that guy dropped 58. It's I have crazy. no clue how <laughs> that guy dropped 58. Just even if he can't play, just off his athleticism and his and his body and his size, it's like you know. There's a lot of like really raw players that get drafted in like you know the top 20. 12, any every year that get drafted in top twenty, That's true. that have no skills that just that are just super athletic, and um you know just have like you know crazy long wingspan or something like that. So I don't understand how they dropped to fifty eight. Um, I think it's the NBA just not pr- <laughs> not prioritizing <laughs> the big man anymore. Mm, I feel like they they point. just don't they, like the big the big man has just kind of gotten lost. Um, but you know I I think that was a steal. Quentin Grimes. You know he hasn't shown me much, but you know he's pretty active. I, you know you can't take summer league too seriously, so Correct. I'm not worried about that. Um, but yeah, I think Sims, man. I, I I don't see I don't see how he uh, doesn't play like like he's good, obviously going to play for the Knicks for at least 50 games or whatever if they let him. The two way contract lets him, but um. I mean, listen. Mitch can never stay healthy, and and um, Noel is not not the most durable guy either. And you know, Taj is kind of like a last case scenario. I, I could see him getting minutes when when one of them gets injured. And mm-hmm. then um, the two the two last points I want to make real quick is that people like always criticize my man IQ dude, and just and they always criticize like players because they lack something. Like they're like IQ is not a pure point guard, right? Dude, like. What like what does that mean? Like James Harder's not a good defender. It's like no, there's no player in the NBA who's perfect, right? Right. You gotta just embrace. You gotta instead of instead of trying to instead of trying to fix his weaknesses, which he should try to fix his weaknesses on. Tib should be putting in a position to double down on his strengths, man. They need to let him run down pin downs, off ball screens, and literally look for him and get him his open shots, man. Like I don't understand why we're trying to turn him into like like you know Jason Kidd. When he's more of a, you know, <laughs> like a guy who runs around is it more of like a guy who runs around screens like a Reggie Miller type player, right? Just a little shorter. Yeah. But it's like, you know, I don't understand why we're trying to do that. It's like, you know, I just it does it boggles my mind. Yes, the guy has flaws, just like every player, like LeBron can't hit free throws. Like every player in the league has a flaw. You're not trash because you have this flaw, man. You gotta double down on this kid's strengths. The guy's a knockdown shooter. If he gets hot, he can literally win you a playoff game if he gets hot. True. Like, he could switch the entire energy. So, I just don't like that criticism. And then, the last thing I want to make, point I want to make, is that, you know, I know um, Jake, who was making fan. Jake, I-, I love all your takes, man. First, I like, I don't think Randall's going to ref- I'm actually 100% sure Randall's not going to have the same season he did last year. So, I'm with you on that. But, I think the reason why they didn't swing for a high upside guy in the draft is because they want high floor guys, low ceiling, high floor guys who can contribute. Because I really think they're going to make a deadline move, man, and they're going to ship some yeah, of exactly these guys what I said. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what general was saying. Which, and and, and which, try to ship no. some of these guys out, and then have yep. them fill like the backup role. Then you know, what I mean, or they're just an insurance policy if someone gets injured. But I yeah. think it's clear from the draft how they traded back uh, for next year or whatever. And just the guys that they signed, like if they're trying to really win win games, like you know you got to move some of these contracts. Like Fournier, like he's a great player, but if you know, I think they're gonna make a blockbuster deal, and then the, the rookies are gonna slide into that spot. is is my pick, is is my guess. And um, yeah, that's pretty much all. So thank you for taking my call, guys. All right, man. Yo, th- all right, man. Thanks.
0: Uh, thanks, Ari, right, man. Thanks for calling. For sure. Word. All right. Now, me and Ari agreed on a lot of stuff today, which is not the usual.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there is there is one thing I agree with him with, and it's the IQ take because I know people wanted to see him as this, like prototypical point guard, yeah. whatever the case may be. But the thing is, like if you watch IQ, it's like, come on, people just got to be real with it. He's a two guard. It's he cool. is and, a two guard.
2: You know, and the, and that's what, and that was that was my point. And Ryan got it. Ari got it. Like it's fine it's cool it's it's completely fine like it's there, there you don't need and that's what i was kind of saying it's like we can just say alfred payton should be benched by saying alfred payton should be benched we don't need to say alfred payton should be benched by saying point quickly like let iq do his thing let him he's a gunner he is an absolute gunner and that's what makes him valuable he's a very versatile shooter he has it off the bounce he has it off the catch like he has range he has confidence he has flair um, good touch in the mid range. Yes, he needs to get to, to the rim more often to become more efficient. Of course, Ever, like no, like I already said, no, no rookie is per- no player is perfect, especially no rookie is perfect. Um, and yeah, there are flaws from his shot selection in terms of settling for floaters instead of getting to the rim, which he doesn't get as many free throws and doesn't put and doesn't. It makes it harder for him as a playmaker. Of course, all these things are true. But yeah, and he, he'll work on it. He'll and work on but it. J- and just, I, I like what Ari said, and, and acknowledging him for who he is because, like, yeah. right now it's a rotation player. Yeah, man. My man is in year two. I mean, it's a year <laughs> yeah. two, man. Yep. He's a
0: year two. Yep. He calls a ruckus in year one. I think he was like number, <laughs> number three in scoring as a rookie, the third highest scoring rookie in the season. And and they they, they, they doubt my boy, but IQ, you, yeah. I see you, man. I see your potential. <laughs> even if you're not a pure point guard, combo guard, a nice combo guard you go hit the three, I'm I'm with that too. As long as we ring you in, we coach you up to be what you want to be. And I, I do like yeah. the idea of kind of running them off some, some screens a little more. Yep. We, should, yeah. we should we should, we should do that, especially now we're missing a certain guy and 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 uh, Reggie Bullock. So yeah, yeah. Let's, let's try that out a little bit more. He was he did seem like he had some relocation shooting type of energy last season. I mean before mm-hmm. he got to the Knicks, so let's try that a little bit more. Alright. But yo, yeah, salute to the chat man. Uh good show. Thanks for coming, Jake. Um but before before we call out, um let me just shout out everybody in the chat real quick. Shout out to on he says, "I don't think IQ will ever be a point guard, but against the lesser talent, let him get that practice in." Yeah, I mean, develop him, man. This is something league is for cool. This for the practice. Yeah. No. Uh, Stephen K. Stephen Fox says in the last game, IQ couldn't take a big man off the dribble when he came out the three point line. <laughs> 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 I mean, he's like, he's he's not gonna cross you up. He's gonna head fake and go. That's his. He like like I said, his his power is is I can shoot this deep three, and then mm-hmm. once you react to that. Then you're cooked. That's that's what he does. He's not gonna Kyrie Irving you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that's that. Pretty much. That's not his trait. Shout out to SK. What <laughs> he says? IQs John Starsky combo guard. If he can't improve his defense, yeah, man. he's yeah. I don't know how hmm. his defense is. Uh, he's. I know. I'm. I'm not going to harp on his defense too badly. He. Play, he's playing like. 30 minutes in the Summer League. So I can't expect him to be perfect <laughs> Yeah. But he's had some lapses. So I'll say that. <laughs> 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 all right. All right. All right. And shout out to everybody else, too. Shout out to Sherwin M, who... Shout to Sherwin M, because we kill Alfred Payton every other episode, and Sherwin is... An Alfred Payton fan, but he still rocks with us. So shout out to you, Sherwin M. <laughs> shout out to Steven.
1: Yo, yo, to be honest about it though, like I'd be reading some of Sherwin's comments. Like, dude is knowledgeable. I'll give him that. Like, he does make some really good points, you know, when I do read his comments all
0: right, all while
1: right. we're doing the show. So yeah, big him up for that. Yeah. All right. Yo, yo, shout out to you. Shout out to you. And
0: everybody who has a different opinion. It doesn't even matter. It's, it's basketball talk. I like I like challenging myself in different opinions. And shout out to Stephen Fox and everybody else who's rocking with the kot Show all right. Oh, shout out to you too, Adele. I see you, Adele. Man, everything is well over here. All right, that is our show. Let's just let's just let's just wrap it up, fellas. Wrap it up. All right, Jake. Let them know where can they find you, sir.
2: Um, you guys can find me at on Twitter at Jake in the Paint. Um, I've been running through some Peach Jam, EYB, the UYBL Peach Jam was a couple weeks ago. Uh, For those that aren't familiar, it's it's most of the top high school. It's one of the top. It is the top sneaker circuit. Um, in my opinion in the country they had all the teams down there a lot of the best rising seniors and rising uh, rising seniors and juniors in the country i um, going at it so I, i've been watching and catching up on a ton of that and i'll have some words out if you're interested in getting scattered along the draft early so those that'll those would be focused on the 2023 draft so a couple years away but if if you're interested in dipping your toes in a little bit early i should have some words out there by the end of the month um and yeah, all my all my stuff is at the step in. just go follow them uh, we have a bunch of great guys over there doing draft work so um it's some scouting reports some philosophical pieces if you're into that kind of stuff um, i have some exciting stuff planned for the off season Going to be digging into some old draft films, some NBA film, uh, contextualizing all that before we get into the 2022 cycle, which if the KOT people are open to have me back, I'd love to come on and, right. and, talk, and talk some stuff when the time comes. But that's a long time away. So, yeah, give me a follow at Jake and the Pain on Twitter. I spend way too much time on Twitter, I'm sure, like the rest of us. So hit my DMs, um, reply to some of my tweets if you want to engage, and, yeah, that's where you can find me at.
0: Yeah, this guy breathes draft stuff. This is why I like him. It's <laughs> yeah, true.
2: At the day after the
0: draft started, he was like, all right, I'm on to next year. I'm like, yo, let it breathe, <laughs> homie. Let it, let it breathe. No, he was like, nah, this no. is what I do, son. Draft every day. I'm
2: like, okay, all right, all right. All, all right. day. Okay, it, killer, okay. The best, the best part <laughs> about the draft is you can always find somebody to watch. There's always somebody to watch, whether that be uh, overseas, high school, uh, college AAU oh there's always a game to watch yeah
0: oh here we go super chat sk wanted to make sure we wrote, we we uh wrote this Frank Hive is back in the building <laughs> <laughs> he, he spent five dollars let this point be known he said we should sign Frank to the fifteenth roster spot over Vildoza. things that make you go
1: hmm Mamoy... Um, go ahead oh i'm sorry sorry to cut you off jails my only beef with that is like yeah i mean from what i've seen from Vildoza so far i would pick frank over him it's just that <laughs> yeah i don't I, I just don't know if it's fair for if it's fair for frank's development for him to come back to the knicks because if he comes back to the knicks it's just gonna yeah. be a rider bench so I, it's I like
2: agree with, i agree with you rod yes <laughs> let, let him go spread his wings <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> like it depends if is he getting money somewhere else that's the that's the question yeah no, is, is he getting money not. somewhere else I hope it works out for him. Because the way he's looking for Vildoza is looking like he's not going to make that roster we have until the first game of the season to cut him. Um, So that would leave two roster spots then, I I think, right? Or is there still one roster spot left? But anyway, so if that's the case, I know we have a – what do we have left to sign? I think we have a room exception left and a veteran. So – i can see it's like it's funny i can see the knicks trying to sign a defensive guy on a a defensive wing i can see i could see them trying to sign a defensive wing because we lost reggie bullock and we have grimes here um who projects to be a guy who's good at defense but you know um he's still a rookie i can see the knicks looking for a defensive wing whether it be frank or somebody else to to put into certain situational um, games, so um, I don't think that's a hundred percent out of the question. Especially when I read that um, they were thinking about re-signing Frank if they lost Reggie Bullock, and we lost Reggie Bullock. So I like I I know people might be thinking, yo, just because Jay Ellis is Jay Hive, uh, is Frank Hive? <laughs> <laughs> if there's a Jay Hive, that's funny. That's because Jay Ellis is Frank Hive. <laughs> but it's like i i can actually see them trying to do that to plug in a defensive type of stopper role actually like seriously though all right um but yeah also for you guys um to get back to the closing definitely follow us on twitter as well at vkot show all right on twitter um also you already know you know you can get you can get the, the snapbacks the klt snapbacks at the nick of just hit that slash catalog but you can also get our blog there too read um some really good stuff from ken at the nick and also mikey has some stuff coming up about randall soon and there are other writers at the klt show really the times Right, all right you can you also follow us on instagram man trying to get to 10k followers on instagram you are at the nick of time show on instagram as well also we're on facebook so you'll follow us on all platforms, man, and and you know what, Ryan, where can they find you, sir?
1: You'll find me on Instagram at SirGIsChilling. SirG
0: is, sir G is
1: That's S-I-R-G is C-H-I-L-L-I-N. You can also find me on Twitter at RyanGKOT. All right, cool. That is our show.
0: We are out here, guys. Peace. <laughs>
2: I'm coming coming I'm coming
1: straight out, out New York New York big city of dreams M NYC